are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, we are reviewing a film. What film are we reviewing? The Gift. The Gift. Yes. From 2015. 2015. Yeah, it came out uh, this past year. And we're going to start by giving a brief uh, overview of the film, the synopsis of the film. Spoiler-free moment here. Um, So we'll go through a little synopsis of it, and then we'll talk about our overall opinions towards it. So essentially, uh, the main plot of this film, um, and to piggyback, I went on into this movie not having any idea what I was seeing. I had no idea what it was about or anything when I went into it. Excellent. So it was kind of interesting. So if you want to do that, then just stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this film is essentially about a couple that encounters a long-lost schoolmate, and that person enters their lives, and things start to get very weird. They don't jive very well. They've got very different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you can label them how you will. Uh, things start to get very weird, and this turns into quite the tense thriller uh, between the couple and this uh, this gentleman that they encounter as well. So that's the brief good. plot overview. James, what did you think of this film? The um, To piggyback on what you just said, I went in there fresh as well, based only on Kyle's recommendation. You may remember, even in this podcast, that Kyle a couple of times said, you got to see the gift. And he gave me no information on it. I saw no promotional materials. And so I just went and saw it one day, recently actually, the gift. Excellent. And yep, right away you get the vibe of psychological thriller where a relationship starts out on shaky, awkward ground, Uh right? Which is the perfect opportunity for tension to escalate slowly. Great dramatic effect. Absolutely. Very, to me, very reminiscent of 90s psycho thrillers such as, Kyle, if you've heard these, chime in, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Ooh. And yes. Single White Female. Mm. Did you watch these movies? I haven't seen that one. Well, it's you can put these all in that same school of, okay. of movies that make you uncomfortable, tense, oh, yes. and you feel the, the building towards something. Slow burn. The slow build up, <laughs> the slow burn. And yeah, we're dealing with a couple here that seemingly have it all. Simon and Robin are their fictional names in the in the movie, and the introduction of this character Gordon from Simon's past causes quite a stir. Quite the quite interruption. Quite a stir. Right. Um, my the, the, that's my piggyback onto the the synopsis of the movie. My opening thoughts: good movie. Good movie. Really enjoyable. I don't know how many times we've heard that come into your mouth. Before. I know. And Not we were, too many. We haven't, we, it's, you know, Kyle, let's, let's take a moment to recognize Okay, yes. We're back in the studio. We're back. It's just the original winning formula of Loud on the Set. <laughs> For a while, we've had a ton of guests. The holiday season was upon us. Then Star Wars came mm-hmm. upon us. And we had six people in this room in, in the studio at one right. point. And now... It's, it's good to be back with you, It's Kyle. back. We're it's back. good to be back with you All as right. well, yeah. And it's good to be back, and we're feeling good because we're not interviewing, we're not reviewing G-word movies. I, we might not get to say the G-word. Oh, we might not get to say the G-word. All right, so anyway. That's right. <laughs> the Gift, other than The Gift, The Gift is a good movie. Um, we're going to get into spoilers in a second. Um, it, it's a movie that, here's one of my real positives about the movie, Kyle. Excellent. 
it manages to keep you on the edge of your seat. It oh. is truly an edge of your seat thriller. Can I just say this is the yes. first time that has been applicable when I've been in a movie. I was literally, not figuratively, literally sitting on the edge of my seat, tense from probably about the five minute mark <laughs> till the end of the movie. I'm serious. This yeah. is the first time that's ever happened to Absolutely. me. And it's, it is that type of edge of your seat thriller, but it's subtle. And one of the things I remember most about it is that it really only had two what we call jump scares, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'll, we'll get to those moments in the movie, right. uh, in the spoiler component. But you expect them at any given moment. Oh, yeah. And the expectations are way worse than what actually happens in the movie. Mm -hmm. Really only two jump scares, but subtle psychological edge of your seat thriller and great it's work very much so and it's different from a jump scare where you're like okay somebody's gonna jump out of that dark closet in a second like that's mm -hmm. very telegraphed and you're just waiting for it and it's gonna surprise you you know right. it's gonna be startling but not scary this is a jump scare in the way that you don't know what to expect comes next you've no idea what might happen but the air of something is going to happen is the inevitability there. so you have no idea what's going to happen nothing's telegraphed like it's just going to jump out at you it's it, it it's great it's very good um excellent anything else you wanted to mention before we no i, I think i'm bit? good let's 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 head into the so obviously i enjoyed this film as well or i wouldn't have been recommending it to you so i'm gonna oh, yeah. suffice to say that this was really great and i just wanted to highlight um joel edgerton i hope that's how you pronounce his name um <laughs> wrote, directed, produced the film. Um, he's been in a number of different films. I think most recently um, he played a supporting role in um, Black Mass, the film about Whitey mm -hmm. Bulger. Absolutely did. Um, but wow, very, very uh, great screenplay, fantastic direction to evoke that mood. Um, that was masterful. This is his debut directing, so that yep. was really great and a great job producing it. And the film, as you mentioned before, um, Stars that couple, played by Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall, who are both fantastic. And then Joel Edgerton himself plays the uh, the role of the interloper in their in their lives. So, um, so let's move on from here. This is going to be spoiler uh, time. So if you want to go see the film, um, go check it out. We highly recommend it. I mean, it came out of James' mouth. He enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's got to be. <laughs> if you go, if you're gonna run out and go see it now. We forgive you for cutting short your pause, loud on the set experience. Pause the loud on the set. Come back to us when you're ready. Go see it. Come back. Hit play. And we'll talk about it from there. <laughs> All right? So we'll give you some time to go pause it. Go ahead. Get your popcorn. Go ahead. All right. Now we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. <laughs> so, let's, uh, so let's just dive right into yeah. it. Um, what, was your, what was your favorite thing about the movie? Well, or where do you want to start? I'll, I'll start with since I already talked about how I loved the the subtle slow thriller, burn, the yeah. slow burn of the of the tension and the awkwardness oh. and, and the anticipation. I'm gonna go to the satisfaction. This is gonna sound really weird, Kyle. <laughs> oh boy, the sort of satisfaction I felt at the unraveling of Simon's seemingly perfect life. Oh yeah, okay. So let's. This is huge spoiler territory. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, yeah. We've we've, we've gone there. So Simon again is that uh, that main character yeah. of the couple. Played by Jason Bateman. Absolutely. He's the husband, and you are. You're you're led to believe that from the get-go, he and his wife, Robin, their lives are perfect. They He's accepted this great new job. Uh -huh. They have a beautiful new house in a perfect area. Um, seem, everything is seemingly lining up exactly the way we want it right. to. But through the course of the movie, of course, you find out that he's a bully in the uh -huh. worst sense of the word, too. Oh, yeah. And 
um, it's it's catching up to him. Uh-huh. And so I wrote down that here on my, my, my comments, my thoughts, that the unraveling is, is actually quite satisfactory. And it's weird because you begin, or at least I did, you begin to side with Gordo the weirdo, uh-huh. you know? When in fact, in movies like this previously, in such in movies such as Hand That Rocks the Cradle or or um, Single White Female, the the person that's the thorn in the side, you don't identify with them, and they are they are the object of your scorn. Like mm-hmm. they they're the villain. It's the clear. Gordo character is the one that is breaking up this perfect couple, and maybe has a weird relationship, usually with the female character or something, when yep. it's in this kind of stalkery yep. sense. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's totally reversed, and the lead character that you get, who you're getting most of the information about, which means you're the most attached to them story-wise, ends up being somebody that you hopefully are loathe by the end of the film. And, and how they crept it in piece by piece, taking something out of out of his life um, in a moment, maybe just one line that he said or something uncomfortable he did at one of the dinner party scenes around his friends towards his wife or something yep. makes you start to crack that exterior and you're like, oh, that was uncomfortable and I don't like, why Why would he say that? That's gross. You're weird. And, oh, yeah, that was so wonderful. Yeah, and then to continue with that, like, mm-hmm. um, again, it's it's pretty satisfying. Um, let's face it, there's revenge here, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's getting back at Simon, Jason Bateman's character, for trashing his life back right. when they were both young. Um, but there, to me, there's a lesson here. And I, I wrote, I have it here. There's a lesson here for characters, for the bully character that is Jason Bateman, Simon. And that is, if you fuck up at, at some point in your life and you hurt somebody, right? And you do what appears to be irreparable damage to their life, you. God damn it, like, own up, to, <laughs> own up to it, apologize. It's so frustrating. Own up to it, apologize, and make things right. But he, Simon's character, Jason Bateman's character, has this attitude of, I can, I can sweep everything under the rug, and none of this will catch up to me. And it does in a horrible, horrible mm. way. And it is, his life collapses. Yeah. It, it unravels. He yeah. completely has lost or had never, probably never, developed any empathy towards yes. anyone mm-hmm. and ends up treating Gordo in the past terribly and does some awful things to him um, and basically ruins his life. And, you know, you can't condone Gordo's attempt at going back and ruining this guy's life, but you you see it through his eyes more and the hurt that he caused and really destroyed this guy's entire life. And then... To have moments during the film when the plot is unraveling, where you realize that Simon is this really awful person, he has chances to make things right. And he doesn't! And he gets multiple opportunities to make things right, and he does not. And that's where you see that he is a a person completely lacking empathy. He has Mm -hmm. no connection, no responsibility to all the terrible things that he did to this guy's life. And... Just for our personal reference, I don't even know if I've told you this before, but these types of films are the ones that stick with me the longest, where you have to endure one of the most uncomfortable situations. And it's usually a person-to-person you know, interaction where somebody is terrible, and you're like, those people exist out there mm-hmm. and like make the world a terrible place for people, violently uncomfortable. That being said, in addition, bravo to Jason Bateman, one of the most likable actors I've ever seen in a film, has gone on to uh, to make um, 
oh, what was that film called? There was a Spelling Bee film that just came out that he was in where he played a kind of creepo guy, too. Um, not to this extent, but masterful acting by the entire cast here. Absolutely. It was very good. Yeah. And, you know, here's something else about it, too, and, and you <clears throat> just briefly touched upon it, and that is the, uh, the, the, the guy gets his comeuppance. You know, usually in real life, I, I say usually, but I have no data to back this up. <laughs> Uh, usually, according to my experiences, like these silver spoon-fed lying bully pricks of the world, they just keep getting away with it. Uh-huh. I'm looking at you, former president, uh, <laughs> four-letter word, you know what I'm talking about. It's like they they don't have to make things right because they know I will never be held to task for this. Um, but not in this story. Oh, boy, right? He, the, he, he got his come up in he and, does and it it's satisfying to watch from somebody who you know this is not bragging here but i've tried to lead a good life you know uh-huh. and i try to make things right when i do things wrong i apologize on the spot when i fuck up uh-huh. things like that um and yet we all know or at least we've seen in pop culture in our political realms in our sport realm whatever realm you want to get into <laughs> there's somebody who believes themselves to be above it all above it all can mean above the law above social norms uh-huh. above empathy like you're saying like right and so yeah there you go and here's the other thing is that these politicians and people usually have to make public apologies when they do something stupid mm-hmm. right and he had a chance to make these private apologies and to settle something nobody had to or well, the rest of his his work career and the things he did to screw that up <laughs> he would probably pay for at some point right. but this at least this personal damage he did to this guy so his like soul could be redeemed you know he had private chances to make this apology and make this right and then he didn't and it just goes to show that uh the terrible inner nature to him, the true yeah. villain of the story. But let's discuss the plot here really quick okay. of what happened so that we have context for this. Yes. So essentially, Gordo sets out to make this guy's life hell until he, you know, apologize, apologizes. And he starts small, you know. He starts he by just giving him opportunities, showing up unannounced and is trying to be kind in a very weird way, um, reintroduce himself in his life so maybe this guy will remember and apologize for it but it escalates and it escalates in a very insane way to the point where the end of the film has uh simon's character losing his job mm-hmm. because he ran uh, legal background checks on somebody and on run like a yep. smear campaign on him mm-hmm. so that happens which of course gets found out and then at some point very pivotal point in the movie um Simon's wife, whose uh, character name I keep forgetting. Robin. Robin, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, she blacks out, and it's implied, th- and this is the big mystery of the film, <laughs> oh the potential God. mystery of the film, is that she's sexually assaulted by Gordo, Oof. and their child, who is then spawned, they don't know uh, whose kid it is. Simon is left all wondering if it's his child or if it's Gordo's child. And basically, can then not love that kid. But after don't that. don't forget that the the um, the wedge that was driven between Simon and Robin, the married couple, due to the tension surrounding the Gordo right. events, due to Robin finding out the true character of her husband. Yep. She asks for a separation. Mm-hmm. She's in the hospital. Uh, she's given birth, and instead of celebrating the birth of their child, and I use that <laughs> theirs in quotes, I'm right. making because we don't quotes, know. It ends know. ambiguously. Yeah. Um, so his job, done. His marriage, done. His status as a father, 
questionable. Questionable, and in Oof. most ways, done. If it's his kid, he can't see it. If it's not his kid, then the woman that he loved, big air quotes on that, had a uh, has been violated. Has been violated by Gordo. So, um, what a gift. The <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the plot, uh, when, you, oh. when you spell it out like that, it sounds much less realistic than the film portrays ludicrous. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was, if there was a part of the movie, I'll just go to this right now, oh, okay. that I thought could have been better, it was in this plot device that they used. Basically, the the assault of his, um, his wife, Robin. And, you know, I left with the complete satisfaction of the film in terms of the character arcs and the plot and everything. Um, and given enough time, maybe there's a way to convey the same message without making this so dark and horrid. Uh, and kind of, in, in a way, I mean, it makes Gordo, it, it kind of diminishes his character as like the um, anti-hero in a way. It kind of, I can see that. It yeah. kind of taints that, that part of it a little bit. But then you can look at it, the fact that he was truly damaged by Simon to the point where he saw that this guy was truly evil and, uh, and lacking in all that empathy. And he did something uh, incredibly evil. It was born out of that. I could see, so you can yeah. look at it metaphorically, but the film plays it out and portrays it in a very terrifyingly realistic way, which is um, bravo. Uh, very Hitchcock in its um, execution in its plotting, um, just giving the little reveals of the story at a time. So when you are left waiting for those scares and everything, you have no idea what to expect. Absolutely. Very good. You know, I'm going to, since you, you know, you hinted at something that you perhaps didn't enjoy so much, right. that, that maybe his uh, his last gift or the way it was presented or the way he plotted it um, was a bit overblown. I was, right. I can, I can see that point. Yeah. I didn't see it in the moment, but I could see it now, especially wearing of the monkey mask and things. Right. It was a bit over the top. But I was lost in the moment, and so I didn't subject it to that analysis. But I'll, I'll give you that. And Gordo was extremely emotional at that point in time. He was acting in a equally as insane manner. So yeah. you know, you set the. Here's, here's a part that I that I'm gonna toss out there. Okay. It's the, really the only dislike I had. Okay. Uh, tell me, you know, tell sure. me what you thought about it. Um, I disliked the scene earlier on in the movie in Gordo's living room. And again, we're using a lot of air quotes in this right. because there's a lot of deception going on here. Right. It turns out not to be Every house, scene right? ends up in some way not being exactly what you exactly. thought, which is brilliant. So you, th you think you're in Gordo's house and Gordo steps away for a moment. Remember, mm -hmm. he takes a call. Right. Fine. And now uh, Jason Bateman's character, Simon, is discussing with his wife, Robin, like, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, this guy's weird, he's creeping me out, and of course the woman, there's a little bit of stereotypical characters in this, like the woman's a little bit more sympathy and understanding, and she's willing to ride out Gordo's awkwardness for the possibility of a friendship, but I thought in that moment, and I thought... And just to be polite as well. Yeah, she's a, yeah these right. are sort of roles, these, mm -hmm. are, these are very comfortable roles we've seen in movies a lot. And they break <clears> those <throat> gender roles towards the end as well, which is yeah. great. But the part, the problem I had with that scene, and this is, you know, this is me nitpicking. Nitpicking. Right? Very nitpicking. As we should. Is that <clears throat> Simon's character became a, he telegraphed his assholeness if you, if that's even a word right. a little bit too much in that scene um, because I know as a as a movie watcher that Gordo's a little is very unstable actually and there's the potential that he is in fact setting them up in that moment like mm -hmm. okay he he's, he gets them all comfortable in a room and then leaves mysteriously you got to think right. you might be being recorded secretly mm -hmm. in this day and age with technology. 
And for me, like Simon's character was, was a way over the top jerk in that moment. If you he remember, was. he started doing he like was. caricatures of him at the time. Gordo and, the weirdo. Yeah, he's like, and he was like talking about his room. like sexuality and going all crazy. And yeah, stuff, yeah, that was way too telegraphed and too obvious. Like the the writing there suffered a little bit, and the acting, as far as I'm concerned, because it was like, it was like, hey, guess what, everybody, like. Mm. You, you see this perfect husband and the great job and right. the beautiful wife. He's probably an asshole. Blink, it blink, have, here it comes. Right. And it came at you in that moment. And, of course, it gets worse. It gets yeah. way worse in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it, there was still room for subtlety in that moment. Yeah. And it beat you over the head with him at that That's point. That's true. Didn't like it. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I can say about that is I think it highlights Simon's character as somebody who really thinks he's infallible. You know, he's in yeah. some, I mean, we would never do that. He's narcissistic as hell. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so I, I can see what you're going there. I see what they were trying to do as well. Maybe not executed perfectly. Um, I'm going to give you my favorite scene okay. now. Um, outside of the trivia bar that Gordo's hosting, mm-hmm. most uncomfortable I think I've ever been watching a movie. Um, basically, Simon encounters, and you, you've seen it if you're listening at this point, <laughs> Simon, <laughs> Simon encounters Gordo at his part-time job, you know, just doing trivia at this bar. Mm-hmm. And it's he looks really pathetic up there and is awkward and it's really sad. And he goes out to see him afterwards with the half minded attempt at perhaps an apology. And of course he delivers it backhandedly. Like, Oh yeah. I'm sorry that you can't, you know, like see past kids being kids or whatever. He does something really backhanded. But anyway, that's the moment where he totally becomes the kid that he was when he was the bully. And that scene just, he's like beating him up and like throwing his stuff all around. And oh my God, I, as far as emotional connection to like a real life event, like if I was seeing that happen outside, even watching it in the movie, knowing it was a movie, (laughs) I I felt so violently uncomfortable that uh, I knew they were doing something right. So that was, I think, my favorite scene. And it also wore me down. Took me out, man. I was <laughs> I was trying really hard Excellent. not to lose it through that one. What was your favorite moment in the film? My favorite scene was probably the. I mean, th- this is not cheap because I thought it was a great payoff. I I, I don't consider this cheap to say this, but the ending, mm-hmm. the we discussed that you know certain interpretations of this movie, the final reveal of the final gift, right, could is a bit overblown in the wearing of the monkey mask and like. Here's a baby seat, but here's a CD they have to watch and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So maybe a little bit too intricate, maybe a little bit overblown, whatever. But I really liked it. It, it was it was satisfying. And when a movie causes me, when I'm watching it all by myself, to sort of recoil. And, oh, yeah. And I wanted somebody. I watched it by myself um, on a flight, so I didn't have anybody to react to. But I wanted to. And that, to me, is yeah. the sign of a great scene where you just want to grab somebody and recap the whole thing for them. Absolutely. And, and, and you want to share that yeah, moment with somebody. Watch this and we'll talk about yeah, it. Watch it right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was quite satisfied because it was wicked revenge. Um, ooh, he really messed with his head. You Absolutely. Know? And, and so I, I, and I think the the music and the pacing, Joel Edgerton really controlled this movie very well. Mm-hmm. And and the restraint that was shown for the most part, especially there at the end, and the unfolding of the details really came to a head at the at the very end. That's my favorite. Very scene. much so. Yeah. Um, can I just say there was one other scene where I was like, okay. Is Simon really that stupid? And that was when he wrote, uh, mm. he wrote weirdo under Gordo's phone number on the fridge uh, whiteboard in a glass house that he lives in. Yeah. This guy's coming over to his house every day, and all the walls in his house are glass, completely see-through. And he writes weirdo under Gordo's phone number on the fridge. I was like, that- bravo, 
for your intelligence. <laughs> well, not only like, that, but, but even what? Even if he was a, yeah. I mean, to do these background checks and get this far in his career and, like, screwing people over, and then he's going to write that on the door after he knows this guy's stopping by all the time. I was like, all right. It was a little plot device. They had to do it. They could have done something else, I think, and made it a little bit more clever. But those in glass houses should not write things they don't want people to see. <laughs> That's how the saying goes. <laughs> a very, very juvenile, actually. Yes. And, and if you think about it, even if, even if um, Gordo the Weirdo isn't coming to visit you every day right. and isn't dropping packages off your front door, what adult writes out? It's very Ant-Man-esque, actually. So like damaged, write out your thoughts. Like, not empathetic adult. That's who we've got here. A yeah, fantastic then, character yeah. study. Uh, I think they yeah. built those characters. He is stupid, you know? <laughs> they built they built all these characters so well. Um, Rebecca Hall's transformation throughout the movie was so well acted. Mm -hmm. And every aspect of it. You know, she had flaws as well. But her production of that character and being trapped with this guy and trying to be not, all sides were against her and she had nowhere to go and she's the, basically the only one who comes out of it with a soul intact at the end so i think that says something excellent you know now that you mentioned her mm -hmm. my final point um that i wanted to mention about the sort of the uh the morality that's that's tucked away the messages that are hidden in this movie not hidden actually they're the first <laughs> in front of you of, of bullying and 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 um repentance and, mm -hmm. and empathy and all that stuff Another one on sort of a lighter note is, God damn it, how key is communication in a relationship? Oh, man. To fucking marry somebody you barely know, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, God damn it, what, what were the conversations about his past? Like, I, I've divulged everything to my honey baby. Mm -hmm. Honey baby. Honey baby. <laughs> you know, communication is the key. She's stuck. Yeah. Well, not anymore. She's liberated herself, but with a total prick. And Faults on both of their parts. Oof, man. Exactly. So, for all, for all of you people yeah. out there, all you fans of Loud on the Set out there, in relationships or wanting to enter relationships, communication is key. Absolutely. Don't marry a Simon type. <laughs> My talk, God. Talk. Figure talk things out. Talk to each other. Be clear and honest. <laughs> on that note, James, give it a grade. The gift. What'd you think? The gift, I'm going to give a B plus, Kyle. Okay. Wow, that might be one of the highest grades. No, I've given Rocky a really high grade. You did. Anyway, the gift gets a B plus. It's an excellent psychological thriller um joel edgerton should be proud of himself he should for having put in some make great more work. keep them coming man yeah. and so yeah i'm going with a b plus thanks for the um recommendation kyle you are yeah. so welcome what is your grade i'm giving it a solid a mm. um it doesn't get an a plus just for the little bits um that i mentioned before i think maybe one more draft if they were going for complete uh, realism, which it felt like they were trying to do most of the time, mm -hmm. um, it broke into some more theatrical kind of metaphorical touch at the end. Um, but it started very, re very realistic. It plotted very realistically. Um, but A, overall, for how uncomfortable I was every second watching it, feeling exactly what the director did. This is why people should be making movies and how they should be making them. Give, Take the time and make every aspect of it exactly how it should be. Attention to detail. Yes. Every part of it. The acting and being able to communicate that as the director to those actors that you have. Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall, Joel Edgerton's mind piece here, his writing, very well done. Giving it a solid A. Excellent. 
Take us home, Kyle. And on that note, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening again. Um, Loudontheset at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Go see the movie yourself. Um, oh, man, is it good. Kyle, let's, let's wrapping up this podcast, this might be one of the most positive podcasts of all time. Unbelievable. Follow so, your dreams. So little. <laughs> it took a movie like, it took a, a really awkward, tense, psycho thriller called The Gift. Very true. For us to like r- get below our cursing quota. Um, <laughs> my God, I feel, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. Weird? No. Am I, I Gordo? No, you're not Gordo. Oh, I promise. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Um, go see some good movies. Send us some emails. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Go see The Gift. It's really good. Congrats, everybody involved in that. See you later. And cut.